0: Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for another time with ourselves with the privilege of access to fellowship by your spirit. We're grateful for granting us time, chance, opportunities to fellowship with you, with one another. We ask this morning that you flood our understanding with your light. Let us drop our thinking for yours, our understanding for yours, And together as a church, we behold Jesus Christ, your son, even as he sees us in him. We believe and receive that in these sessions, questions are answered, doubts are dissolved. And we trust that anything that looks like a myth or a mystery is unraveled before our eyes. And in all this, he, your son, is glorified as we are built up, edified by the power of your Holy Spirit, alongside those who hear us every day and the body of Christ. Amen. To continue for March. So, Ephesians one. So, in, in Ephesians, Paul had two prayers, two. And um, the first one, which we dealt with in March, he says, verse sixteen, says, "Not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers." You know, it's critical to know that giving thanks. I know I emphasise a bit of that too giving thanks is not an alternative to anything. Um, in fact, when you see the concept of giving thanks in Scripture, it's every time. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray. Verse 16 says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Then it says, uh, giving thanks in all things. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Then it says, um, um, uh, despise no prophesying, uh, uh, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Um, so you see that the scriptures are so much about giving thanks. Philippians 4, 6, um, 4, 4 says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Uh, 5, says let your condition be known to all men because the Lord is at hand. 6, now says, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In first Timothy 2, 1. First of all, supplication, prayer, intercession. It says giving of thanks be made for all men. And you know one of the one of the are you aware that one of the sins of scripture that is equated with idolatry is being unthankful. We are meant to. What makes us unthankful is an entitlement spirit. Don't mention that too much. An entitlement spirit. Okay, you do you didn't get the job. You feel entitled to the job, and you feel well. The reason, I mean, I I I I have my PhD. I have two PhDs. Now, without trying to compare yourself with others, you know that there are people that have more than that and don't have a job, right? Now, if anything at all, there are people that have more than that and are alive, right? Now, I was I I, I was teaching something in church uh, a couple of weeks back, and I took it to our workers and training convention. As And I said, usually we talk about the story of Joseph, and you know, there's the story of Joseph, how in Genesis 37, his father loved him, and of course, there's a background to the father loving him that usually skipped, the fact that he was the most upright. When he went to the farm, or let's say to work, he would come back and tell the father what was going on, and the father saw something similar to what was in his dad and his granddad. So within that, of course you could see that his dreams stem from that. And why would his dream stem from that? Because it worked like that with Isaac, Andrew uh, is like an ordination. So the father loving him was like an ordination. Uh, so he like he chose the person to carry God's calling. You know, we said last time that it's in family, remember? Can you remember that? Okay, so he loved him, then he began to see visions, and that's Chronology is very critical. He saw pride, the father loves him, then he saw what he was looking for, then he loved him. Then the boy started having dreams, visions. Visions about Israel. Vision, And the moment you have a vision about Israel is about the body of Christ and the world. Because God called Abraham, Genesis 12, 1-3, for all the nations. So any vision about that family is for the whole world. Are you following what I'm saying? Good. So he saw the visions consistently, his brothers hated him. And I often say that Joseph was arguably the closest to Jesus in many regards. You know, so his brothers hated him, the first and second. I mean, that kind of conspiracy is very critical. I mean, it's very serious, sorry. Very, everybody doesn't like him. You. You, know, you didn't have a single sympathizer. <laughs> everybody. Then at some point, he gave another mission about, that, including his dad and mom, and he said, ah, oh boy, what's wrong with you? I understand the one for your brothers. Which one is me and your mom? You know? I was so happy to did with the other moms. <laughs> that would have been crazy, right? I <laughs> say and uh uh Mama Mama Ruben Mama's <laughs> <laughs> right then. you are have gone to take correct jazz. <laughs> you know so you know and he was sent of course he was sent to egypt eventually they wanted to kill him then somehow reuben and judah thought about it and okay let's and they, they didn't kill him they sent him to egypt They're from egypt um from the house of potiphar through to the potiphar's life experience through to prison through to pharaoh but you know there's a vital part there that we often don't talk about i'm not talking about joseph this morning that we don't talk about he said, you know, he endured, you know, Joseph, he, he forgave his brothers, he did this one, um, he helped them, he had he interpreted visions and dreams. The critical part there was that he did not die. <laughs> because it's because he was alive that he could fulfill what God had. So, while we are thankful for the vision, I mean, the greatest thing we should thank God for was that he was kept alive. You know, oftentimes we undervalue life. You think having a car is more than life. There are cars today whose owners are gone. Sometimes even in sickness, I know sickness is uncomfortable, it's of the devil, it's not of God. But you know, sickness and being alive is an opportunity to be healed and remain alive. There are those that were not sick and died. The greatest gift is life. Because listen, someone told me, I've been having a bad day. I said, would you rather have no day? You know? Because life is an opportunity to believe God. The moment you are still alive, it can change. There's nothing that can't change. Sickness, financial situation, emotional trauma, marital problems. The fact that you are still alive means you You can can pray. You can believe God. You can expect. Life gives expectations. You we we can see why you should always be thankful. Jesus asked them the question Is life not more than raiment and food? It is more than raiment and food. Some things that you could think are not, is when you see the need. Some of us, you know, can be, we can be very privileged, extremely privileged. And sometimes. We forget our background. You can be so used to going in cars, eh, and you forget there was a time that your entire family didn't have a car. I'm talking about when you were growing up, and you guys were moving from place to place, and it was also, also a big deal to you. Now that you have a car, the moment your driver doesn't bring the car, to you, you're just going to me go the- <laughs> uh-uh. you that you will beg a neighbor to drop you at the bus stop? So sometimes we, we feel entitled. So what brings murmuring is entitlement. I feel entitled to it. But let me say something: you are not entitled to anything. You know how I said the last last time, we were just here, right? You are not entitled to anything. Not even to life. They're not entitled to it. So aren't we grateful? Aren't we grateful? Yes, sir. We are grateful. We are thankful. You know, I, I posted a video yesterday about a pastor who was talking about lack of. You know, we like to murmur. People don't even know murmur is the same. Oh, there's a brother like that. He was a disciple of mine. He used to call him Bishop years back. He I was uh, I, I think I started starting around '93. So we used to call him a name. Call him answers by memory. He would say, "How are you? Oh, man. What are you going to do?" I said, oh, <laughs> he just, he just, he just, he just, he just a whine in his voice, and you know, it came from uh, his mother that divorced his father, separated or maybe passed on. I, I can't remember. I think his mother passed on. His father had another the wife. Then he, he just started feeling like a victim. So you say, um, so what's happening? I
1: am him no <laughs>
0: <laughs> So he's going to answer that murmuring. <laughs> <The> answer. <laughs> you do know, we'll have that whine in that voice, you know? And why are you not smiling? He say, well, that's how I am, thinking. What are you thinking about? You got your world in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would feel entitled. You know, you are not entitled to anything. I mean, anything. So we grumble, we complain, we complain. And you know we have a social media that is so impactful. People, if you say anything exciting, people will actually respond But say something bad, something horrible. We talk about pastors, talk about the government, talk about parents, talk about the society. No, there's just, <laughs> just a spirit about it. You're just, Before you know it, something you never saw before, you start seeing it. You start complaining. So there's an unthankful attitude that we have. So then someone posted something. So this man, I mean, he's a pastor I know well. Uh, so he was talking about how we feel just a grumbling people. And he used an illustration. He called people out. So he put people, he said, when you were in the university, this is graduation. Oh God, Oh me graduate. Oh God. Begratu- as soon as you graduated, the day after, I need a job. I did, you know, you have not even finished thanking him for this one. You got a job, I need another job. I need a house. You know, so what you were looking for that was a big deal is no longer a big deal. You know that when you are most thankful is when you're on the bed and your appetite does not have appetite. I rather that, your appetite does not have appetite. Ah! Then, you will value your body moving properly. This is used to jump everywhere. You just wish you can just walk. Why do you have to wait? feel that spot. I told someone who was complaining. He was ah it is, it is I said by this Saturday, yeah. Uh, yeah, Saturday 22nd, Also Saturday Friday. It'll be 20 years that I lost my kid brother. And he died and was buried was buried on his birthday. Yeah. I said if I could speak to my brother. And ask him if he wants to exchange his position with yours, he will jump at it and ask you to take his own. You this I forbid a hand, forbid it. <laughs> if I ask him, now would he prefer your position? <laughs> he's, ah, you prefer your position. Even if you're a Chelsea fan, he still prefer your position. As bad as that is in the state of life, but he will prefer your position. <laughs> Have you heard it? You know, that they put Jersey's uh, stadium on Alibaba. <laughs> Check if you see it. <laughs> no, you can get the ball after the business, you see it. And this you don't even have any bidding price. It's just let it go.
1: <laughs>
0: then I think the last thing, from what I saw, they are going to auction their owner too. I mean, it depends on what goes first. <laughs> Let's be thankful, okay? Yes. Thankful for you, right? I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for my nation. I'm just thankful. Thankful I may not have all I want, and I will never have what I want anyway. I mean, if you know things I want, you think I'm not even a Christian. You can't have you to get what I want, but I'm just glad, right? Yes. That I can pray. I can see you. I can talk to you. You know, I can fellowship with people. I see people that love me. We can relate, you know. And so, the moment you start getting fulfillment outside humanity, you're worshiping idols. God has given you the gift of men, friends, family, you know, a church, the people that were just... We, were, we, 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 we we laugh together we frown together we argue together <laughs> we disagree it's the gifts of God all right I'm thankful right always be full of thanks to be unthankful. you know one of the, one of the things said about the the, 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 uh, the the signs of the last days is the unthankful. I recall a couple like that the husband and wife had this disagreement. I think I must have said it the last time. And the husband said to the wife, when they got married, the wife was uh, the one that did most of the work. She went out, you know, the man had a job, but the job was not, uh, the take-home people was not taking him home. So the the wife was doing all the work and stuff like that. She was doing jobs and stuff. So eventually he got a good job. official cars, you know, so you know, he became a big man, you know, so, one of those days when they were having husband and wife, normal inter- in, uh, altercation, and uh, the husband now said, what did you even do? I can write you a check and clear all of do. So, I now interjected, I said, so not talk like that. Why didn't you write that check then? The fact that you couldn't write it then, means you can't quantify the kindness. You can't quantify kindness. The fact that at that moment, you couldn't get it. You didn't have it. You know you can be a millionaire. And what will save your life will be a cup of water. That your money can't afford to buy. Because you don't even have access to your money. And there you be a small boy, that will give you that water to stay alive water is more your billion dollars you don't quantify kindness and you know sometimes you can be so used to people doing things for you until you lose it you know people often value what they have lost that is wrong that's witchcraft stop celebrating people when they are gone people will not even know you knew them until they are gone that's not good celebrate people when they are around remember you know, we're going to celebrate Saul's birthday, and I and another cousin, we were talking about it, and I said we're going to do something for her, she's like, she's like the mother end of the family, so we're talking, and I said, I said, Egbon, we we're sorry, Egbon is like her big brother, I said, you know, if she was sick, we'll find this money, mm. <laughs> I, said, yeah. I said, if we were to bury her, we'll find this money,
1: mm.
0: <laughs> money that is not useful for her, I said, that's a witchcraft. Let's find it now. At our age now, we appreciate life more than when we were young or younger. So let's be thankful. Being thankful is humane, is human, and more so, it's godly. I'll take it again. It's humane. It's human. You know, humane is where you're a good human being. It's human because to be human, you have to be thankful. Then to now make it as it should be. It's godly to be thankful. I thank you. Learn to say to your staff. I know you pay them, but say, thank you for that. Even to your employers. No, 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 I work for it. Wait till you lose your job. You will be grateful (laughs) for even data. You will be grateful. I thank you. Thank you, sir. You know, if your Christian says thank you to the boss for salary, he says, stop these religious things. Stop this religious thing. Don't be religious. <laughs> I'm religious. I love God. He says, I should be thankful. Thank you, sir. You know, that's a Christian attitude. We have to be full of thanksgiving. Be thankful to your pastor. Pastor, too, should be thankful to the congregation. Those who are in your department in church, thank you, guys. You make a good team. Say it's awful. And I found out something. Thankfulness always inspires good deeds. Learn to be thankful to friends, thankful to family, thankful to those who walk with you. It's just of God. You know, Israel was an interesting nation. In the nation of the spirit of the Exodus. I mean, (laughs) Moses came and he had 12, eventually 11 or 16, technically 12 years, of 10 to 12. Signs. He saw all of that. Any time there was another problem, they would start gone. They will forget the miracle that just happened. They came before the red sea. I mean they saw how the whole of Egypt bowed. They come before the red sea and said, Why did you bring us here oh, to kill us? Ah. Do you get it? They're just as soon as they crossed that one, they said, Oh, we're hungry. We're thirsty. We're hungry. <laughs> like that, and we easily forget. We do it in family. You easily forget that, you know, sometimes your son your daughter can do something and you just say, you have <clears> this <throat> one. I know you're brilliant. I know you have good intentions because you've seen things before. But this is wrong. Next time, that's correction. Not, oh God, are you, yeah, you are my son? You <laughs> what? You have to talk like that. It's He among spouses too. But just yesterday, you know, we just quickly forget, and it's another spirit of fault-finding. We just forget what happened yesterday. A church has been blessing you, something just happened that was uncomfortable. I don't know, I don't know, this kind of church. uh If this church was bad, you know, four years, we have to for four years. Somebody told me in this church, this church blah, blah, blah. I said, You have spoken to me. It was one Saturday morning, about one hour, ten minutes. Is it? Is this everything about that church? I said, Even hell, the better one. <laughs> he said, No, no, I'm not saying that. You. you didn't even tell me one single thing. Just say the souls. And this has enough. Wait, and, and we people who, who do sound works and believe a lot, you see a church they, they may not be teaching the word like should, but you know you can say something like the prayer, they give, up, they are diligent. You know, it's, whatever things are pure, or honest report, then they think of these things. We, we can we can get to focus on the negatives, but the told the story Ken, he, in the book of will very richly. And that story is so nice, so lovely. I mean, I heard it again on uh, Sunday from Pastor Mrs. Hagen on uh, Dayside Network. That there was this guy in his where he used to pastor. They've never heard the guy say anything negative. <sighs> anything. The guy said, Look, "Of course, he lived very long. Eventually, very, very long. I, mean, oh, I think it was almost ninety or something, one hundred or something." So the guy, yeah, so there was not so that there was not one criminal in the town. Everybody knew him. Very bad guy. So the guy now died. This man now went for the funeral. you yeah. are now watching? <laughs> what is he about to say <laughs> about this criminal? He waited. The man looked and looked for a while. Then he has some nice teeth. He <laughs> doesn't even know how to say something negative. <laughs> You know, that's what you can emulate, right? Yes, well, I'm going to try on that too, it's tough. You know, I'm a lawyer. There's no way I can always be positive. How <laughs> <laughs> need the Holy Ghost to work on me on that? <laughs> so really, you know, we can be thankful. Hey, Amen. Let's just take one minute and be thankful. Thankful for this. Thankful for everybody. Thankful for everything. Thankful. You may not have what you want, but you are here. You have your family you have your friends you have your church you have your pastor you have your church members you have your co-ministers you you have you have people you have things you have you have you you have life you have the holy ghost let's do something don't don't give thanks in tongues i want you to say it amen Even if you look at me, you better than tongues at hour. don't give thanks in tongues now just thank god let it register on your mind what you are thinking Now, Hold on, let me show you something I don't know. As long as I say, say it, you are reduce Because you know what the other person will know. I don't believe that. People say, let us pray, don't Let us pray, don't you? I'm grateful. I mean, well, this <laughs> Come on, give thanks to God this minute. Honor Him. <laughs> Appreciate him. Love Him, like the shoe. Thank you, baby. Oh, what a great father he is. He's helped me he's helped my family. He's helped my body. He's given me ideas. He's helped me in my weaknesses. He's, he's trusted me even when I didn't know what to do, what I'm going for. I'm grateful for the opportunities that come my way every day to know people. I'm grateful for light he has given to me. I'm grateful that he took me through different situations. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Come on, thank you. Oh, bless Hallelujah. Oh, you have your seat now. Amen. Are you good? Ephesians chapter 1. And cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you uh, in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and he says that what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints now the last time I, we said that, we, we viewed the word calling from the word inheritance. And I said the word inheritance, of course, where we look at it in, the, in the New Testament Greek, of course, a few things we said last time is that the Old Testament gives context to the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Are you here? Uh-huh. Because you need to read what they read to understand what they understood. Let me give you a few litmus. The first thing is, Paul didn't use these letters when he was physically present in the churches. When he was physically present in the churches, the whole book of Acts let us know that he taught the law and the prophets. Moses and the prophets. He taught the Old Testament. What we call the Old Testament. Let's give it a background quick one. Acts of the Apostles. Let's see what was the document they taught from. It is Jesus. Luke 24. The 25 to 27. Right? He says Jesus said to them. All fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Luke 24, 27. Now it says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. There is no single reference in the epistles. In verse 44, Jesus said them again, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalms concerning me. There is no, then verse 45 says, and he opened it in the side that they might understand the scriptures. There is no single reference. To the, to, to the epistles, if I track a little bit I will go to Matthew's Gospel 1 1. This is the book of the generation or genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it says, The seed of David and the seed or the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, notice the word genealogy or generation there is Genesis. So, Jesus takes. Oh, sorry, Matthew takes his narrative about who Jesus is from Genesis, where we also have Abraham, then it goes to the Psalms. Now, this is it. Which means that even looking at Jesus in the four Gospels, the context of his person, the context, let me explain what context is to you. I know you know it grammatically. Context is the basis of a statement. Context is what gives meaning to a statement. You hardly will know, for example, um, if you go to, I use Strong's dictionary much, Strong's Exhausted Confidence, pardon me, I use a lot, where you see the meaning of Greek words and Hebrew words. Okay? Now, listen well, that will give you, just like every dictionary will give you possible meanings, it can't give you exact meanings. It is the user of a word that gives you the meaning. You can, um, 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 for example, let me, if I say, for example, that uh, what is um, the goal, no, that's not the word, that is the goal. If I say, that is the goal. Now, the word goal will mean our target point. Our, it can also mean our focus, it can also mean the conclusion. So the context of so how do I know what you are referring to, you say goal? If I now show you a football game, say so this is the goal that sent Chelsea to the championship. I mean, the, I mean the league, down the, the league primarily, I mean, this is gonna happen
1: eventually.
0: And in, this is the goal. Then you see uh, someone put the ball behind the net. Now, if I am talking to traders, this is the goal. I am also talking about marketing products. If I'm talking in church, so at each instance, it's like the meaning will change. Depending on what I was referring to when I said that is the goal. So if you go to an objective concordance what you're going to see will be possible means. You can even see a word used scripture down the line, but it's different meanings. Context is what gives meaning to a statement. Now, how do you know context? You know context by what was being discussed. What was being discussed. So it's what was being discussed that gives you context. If I say this marriage, now, if, for example, I, I should know your country a bit. I, I think you are also back in some of this West stuff. And then I, I now call two of my friends, assuming, and I say to them, this marriage will not work. Eh? I could mean the LGBT gay marriage. God forbid. May I say amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could also mean your friendship. I could mean a business relationship. I could mean something that they want to do together. So, but it's not necessarily the civil marriage that has a sexual union. No. So it's what I was saying that gives meaning to it. Now, if I now give a meaning to it, of something that happened after that discussion. That's not the context. You do not give a context retroactively. That is, something that happened, things have been made, things have been said, then ten, time, ten years after, I say, this is what it could have meant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It must be something. Context is not front-loaded. It's not a prophecy context is what was happening when the statement was made. Good. So, if Jesus did not read the epistles, you can't give meaning to the things he said from the epistles. Because the epistles were not in existence. However, I'm going to put a caveat to that statement, which is important. I'm a house, I mean, Yaka I that hope that because, by record, the epistles were written way before or before most of the four Gospels were written. Therefore, there is possibility, not that there is a possibility, that the language will, be, will somehow sneak into the four Gospels. What do I mean? The four Gospels were never written real-time. And Jesus was talking, they were recording it. They said, so, yeah, yeah, what did he say, what did he say, what did he say? this was it. They played it. No. Much of what was said was written about 30, 40 years after. So there's definitely the influence of what have been taught by the apostles in how all of us are a product of influence. You cannot remove, now E.W. has a very important theory about that. He said... Uh, in his book um new creation realities he said that even though the book of the four gospels were written when the epistles were in circulation that he said that the holy ghost just blocked their minds not to impute the things of the epistles inside the four gospels i agree with that but with some exception they were human beings there was no way that They wouldn't bring in certain thinking, right, Uh, in language-wise now, into the four gospels because the events of the four gospels were already in the summers. When you read the the book of Acts, you see it in the summers. it talked about the life of Jesus in the four gospels, in the book of Acts. So there is that, just that caveat. But by general principle, the four gospels happened way before the epistles were written. You can't use the epistles to interpret the four Gospels. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that will not be the context. Are you here? Are you here? It will not be the context. It's like it's like when people talk about Israel today, and I say to people that the Israel of the Bible and the Israel near the Palestine is not the same. The Israel of the Bible didn't have a president. The Israel of the Bible had high priests, prophets, priests, kings. This one does not have anything like that. The year of the Bible had Tabernacle and temple. This one does not have. Now to now make it, along my background and worst test. Your worst test is a Greek word. The Israel of the Bible had 12 tribes. All the records of the 12 tribes have been destroyed. So this ones don't have any tribe. So the only connection they have with the Israel of the Bible is a very thin line of history. They don't share culture. They don't even share beliefs. So this is not the Israel of the Bible. Amen? Amen. Ah, it's not the Israel of the Bible. <laughs> they have wider parts. So, That said, the context of Jesus' words cannot be a postponed letter or a future letter. It has to be something that he read, they read, and they all understood. So, when he says the book of the genealogy, which means that when Matthew was looking at Jesus, he looked at Jesus through the eyes of Moses and the prophets. The book of the genealogy. Genesis. Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, that word is Genesis, meaning Genesis actually. Genesis in the Greek language. In Matthew 20, I mean 1 verse 1. In Mark's Gospel 1.1, he 1, says this is the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets So he uses beginning again. That's Genesis, right? Mark 1, one Prophets. Then he quotes two prophets. He goes to Malachi. And he also talks about Isaiah. So when you are looking at Jesus, you read him through the eyes of Isaiah, Malachi, and Genesis in the four gospels. Again, I've met Sir Luke already. John 1 1 in the beginning was the word. See the word beginning again. So we are just beginning three times now. Matthew used it? Huh? Yes, what about Luke? Luke 24, right? Did Mark use it? Now John 1. The, in the beginning was the word. Now both them, Mark and John use the same word, R-K, E-R-C-H-E, and also Luke 24 and 27, beginning at most, A-R-C-H-E, beginning. Another phrase for Genesis. Matthew uses Genesis, genealogy. Genealogy is Genesis. So in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Now, carelessly, some have said that what he was referring to was Genesis 1, 3, and God said, let that be light. That's really preposterous. Because that is reducing who and I've seen people say things like that. Uh, that God kept speaking, kept speaking, kept speaking, kept speaking, kept speaking, kept speaking, kept speaking infrared, that was Now became Christ. Ah. And so when someone first said it, I know someone said, I know someone who uh, is prominent, the said, someone and I knew said it, and I said to him, I said, what you are saying is very wrong. You are thinking that you are wickedness, so you are witness.
1: that
0: That is not the word he's referring to. you I said, but the word is Logos. I said, I know. Logos is a Greek word. But the book Mark, uh, John is reading is not a Greek Bible. Right? He's reading an Hebrew Bible. So when he says the word, when you turn to an Hebrew in the Old Testament and say, the word of the Lord, he's not thinking about his speech. It is, includes speaking, but it's not his speech. When they say word, is the word dabbar, D-A-B-B-A-R. It means expression. You know, your expression can be in speech, right? It can also be in appearance can be in emotions. So the word word there is the expression of the Lord. The expression of the Lord. And usually in the Old Testament, that expression had things that you see. For example, in Genesis 15, verse 1 and 2, he says, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying to him, the word came. In a vision. That means the word that came to Abraham, the the expression was something he could what? Then in verse 4, he says, and the word of the Lord took him. Now, another another very uh, obvious one was in 1 Samuel chapter 3, where we read that the word of the Lord said that uh, the, the 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 lamp in the temple almost went out because there was no there was the word of the Lord was scarce because there was no open vision. So the word of the Lord was something they used to see. There was no open vision. So Samuel was laying there. He had Samuel. Samuel he went to his uh, spiritual father and leader who was the Eli. And Eli said, "Go back and sleep the talk to, to speak." As he's speaking, he heard something. Then he heard it the second. and then said, oh, he, was, he perceived, it was God calling. He would sit down and say, speak, Lord, for your servant hearer. Now, the last time that the word of the Lord now came, and the scripture says, stood. So the word of the Lord, God's expression was visible. In Genesis 3, 8, he says, and the voice of the Lord God was walking. In the cool of the day, the voice of the Lord God was walking. That's the Garden of Eden, and the word walking there is the word Allah in Hebrew. H a l a k. It means to walk about. So that means the word of the Lord in the Old Testament is the expression of God. In fact, to Samuel so to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah one, said, "The word of the Lord touched my lips, touched my ears." So that's not speak speech. The word of the Lord is the expression. Okay. So when it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, his audience knew what he was speaking about, because we can see that the Word of the Lord in the Old Testament was visible, perceivable. Now, says that Word now became flesh and dwelt among us, so John again he's writing from the Old Testament. So the context of the four gospels will be what? Huh? You can't use the epistles to interpret the four gospels as a first line interpretation. Now you can use it eventually, but it was you must have passed through the immediate context. So context is not the verse before, the verse after. Because The use of verses itself was not done by the writers. So it becomes wrong to think context is read the next verse. That's not the context. The next verse may even confuse you more. The context is what they were all reading. So since they did not read the epistles, the epistles cannot be the immediate context. It will only be relevant. The epistles will be contextual. Post this and write this down. Contextual as a conclusion. Or a destination. Not immediate explanation. As a conclusion. So, what were they reading? They are reading, look at this morning. Assumably, we all have our Bibles. Right? Assuming somebody in this audience is now reading a book by Kenneth Hagin. So as I'm speaking, he's looking for it in Kenneth Hagin's book. You will never find it. Because that's not what we were reading. So what we are reading is not a book by any author. It's the Bible. What they were reading is not Paul's letters. What they were reading was the Old Testament. Let me say again, you can't even find the interpretation of what Jesus taught in Jesus' words. Because obviously, Jesus's words came from the Old Testament. His responses, the Old Testament. His answers, the Old Testament. His teaching ministry, the Old Testament. So, having said that, if you step into the, after the four Gospels, the next book in order will be the book of Acts. Now, chronologically, the book of Acts is the B part of the book of Luke. Luke wrote the two. And he wrote the two because of Paul. Notice that the the two books, one ends into Acts 1. Also, it starts with continues from Acts 1. Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 8 are the same thing. Luke 24, 48. You shall put message unto me. Acts 1, 8 is the same thing. Are you here? Are you following what I'm saying? It's the same thing. And you notice that in Luke 24, 252, 52, 9, 16, rejoices daily in the temple, daily. That's an Acts 2 <laughs> word statement. So the two books are together. Why did he write the book of Luke to Theophilus? Who is Luke? Luke is Paul's disciple. So Luke also includes, you will see the Pauline thinking there. Because Luke writes a lot about Gentiles. Because Luke himself is believed to be a Gentile. So he gives us the narrative of Jesus' ministry to the non-Jews. Luke highlights the ones, he, how he spoke to the prostitutes, how he spoke to the ministry of the women. He brings all that to the fore. He looks for it lets us see that Jesus was, as it were, gracious in the words of the Jews to the Gentiles. In fact, in Luke 4, it was the only account where we find Jesus mentioned Naaman and the woman with the you know, both Gentiles. Luke 4. In Luke 23 you now, yeah, that was where we also read how the centurion said this must be the Son of God. The centurion is a Gentile. So Luke gives us the background to the book of Acts, then he moves from Jesus. Then he moves to Peter. But eventually, where he ends is who? Paul. Because what he's saying is that he validates the ministry of Paul by the ministry of Peter, that of Peter by Jesus, Jesus that of Moses and the prophets. You see the flow? The flow? Jesus is validated by Moses and the prophets. Moses and the prophets validates Jesus. Jesus validates Peter. Because it's in Luke that he said, you know John 21, Said, uh, 15 to 17, he said, Simon Peter, you Peter, don't more, more than this, say, Lord, I love you, feed my lamb Lord, I love you, I love you, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. He said that to Peter three times. Now, the sheep was referring to immediately where the other 11, 10, sorry, then maybe 17 and 120. But Luke was the one that told us that Jesus said, Luke 22, verse 31, Simon Peter, uh, Satan desired to say to us, With, with, but I prayed for you that your fail, fail not. When you are converted, strengthening the remedy. You know the same thing? Uh-huh. So, it lets us know that Peter had a high rating. He was like the leader of the leaders. So, by doing that, in Acts 1, Luke now also lets us see the prominence of Peter. Peter was a chief speaker. Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4, Acts 5. Acts, okay, that was sitting in Acts 6-7. Then uh, Acts 8, not too prominent. We had the, we the uh, Philip there. Then Acts 9, Peter. Acts 10, Peter. Then Acts 11, Peter. Then Paul, Paul is, and Peter is in jail, Acts 12. He comes back and leaves Jerusalem. Then he hand over to James. Then Acts 13, 14, became Paul. By Acts 15, who resolved about the gospel to the Gentile. Before, you know, uh, James gave the seal of approval, it was Peter. But the issue was about Paul. So right there you see, Peter validating Paul's ministry. They are done it in Acts 9. Acts 9, they say Acts 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all to 20 is Paul. So the book ends with the conclusion is about the ministry of who? Paul. Are you following what I'm saying here? So the context back to this. The context, therefore, of the book of Acts will be where? Ah, uh, Will be what? Four Gospels. Because that is where, that's the background of the book of Acts. So every uh, every epistle adds up to the book of Acts. Now, pay attention. What is the background of the four Gospels? Let's just use Genesis to Malaga. That's alright, of the four Gospels. What's the background of the book of Acts? And, and Genesis to Very well. So, the, the book of Acts now leads us to where? Huh? Okay, let me try this. Assuming, after reading, uh, going to all the world, going to every creature Mark 16 and read all that, then he has a Romans 1 with Paul. Who be? <laughs> high Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Rome. There's no Rome in the entire four Gospels. Rome. Then you read Corinthians. Is he, is he a hotel in Accra? <laughs> 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 He's like, where is this one coming from? You read Galicia. Galicia call it's Gala. <laughs> then I say Ephesians. What's Ephesians? You will find all that in the book of so, what is the context of the epistles? Huh? The book of Acts. What's the of book of Acts? Now, you miss it. What's the context of the epistles? And And You get it now. What's the context of the book of Acts? What's the context of? Four Gospels. So you cannot establish any truth in the epistles without using where? Acts. Acts. Uh Uh-huh. Very well. Now, so the epistles, right, have their background in Acts. Which has its background in the four gospels. Which has its background in the Old Testament books. So, if we establish that one very clearly about the background of these statements, it means I can't establish any truth in the epistles using the epistles. That is not the context. Let me say something again. The epistles were written not to replace either the message of the four Gospels. Because you saw that even when Paul came on the scene, Paul wasn't there in the four Gospels. He didn't even pass through Jerusalem at all. He was raised in, in the Gentile world. Now, did you notice that in Acts 9, Paul came out and was preaching, but his first sermon in Acts 13, it began from the Old Testament, Abraham. Began from Abraham, uh, went through to uh, got to Moses. Then eventually got to uh, no David. They got to uh, yeah David. They went to got got to John the Baptist. You know that's strange. He wasn't there. He could not have read about John the Baptist anywhere because there was no document. Called the four gospels when he put that sign. He talked about John the Baptist, talked about the Pharisees, talked about Pilate, talked about Jesus being raised from the dead, seen of the apostles, and being preached everywhere. He couldn't have read it anywhere. Now, where could he have heard it from? Look Luke. Luke here. Look Luke at his disciple now. Where? From the mouth of the twelve. So, and that was, so in fact, where the phrase he used in his epistles, Jesus Christ, where is it in the Old Testament? No. You'll have heard it from, He never saw Jesus. So where could he have heard Jesus Christ from? From the lips of the tongue. So which means that their sermons was a content of his doctrine. Every time Paul says Jesus Christ raised from the third day, where did he read it from? He was from the 12. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not anywhere in the Old Testament. It's from the 12. So pay attention now, which means Paul's epistles also had in the background the eyewitness account of the twelve about the events of the four gospels. Is it making sense? So, when Paul was writing letters, the audience he was writing to read which books? Huh? And heard about Jesus from Are you following this? So, if I interpret the epistles of Paul without the lenses of these two, I am not getting what he's talking about. I must sit where the audience sat. That audience heard about Jesus from the eyewitness mouth. That audience knew that Jesus was validated from where? The Old Testament books. Are you following this at all? So, if I read anything in the epistles, I must keep going backwards. Right? I must keep going, keep going backwards. And it's like anybody, any book you read anywhere, and you have 66 chapters. And you start reading your own from 45 to 45, you are not as intelligent as you think you are. So, we, Writers of the epistles did not intend. One, let me add one more, which is very important. Pause. First, where I'm going to this morning, they'll pick up in the afternoon. Now, if you look at the epistles, which of the epistles was directed to you? None. No, 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 no. It's for us in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Did you see Lagos? Or Takoradi? <laughs> or you saw, will you see there, No. So when he, okay, so no, these are written to me, they are for me, they are, okay, they are to you I agree. So when he says, greet the house of do you <laughs> have the house address? <laughs> My son Timothy, do you know who he is? Point to Timothy and go and read him. It. it is not written to you. The entire Bible was not written to you. It's written for us, but not to us. Which means that the writer did not think about you when he was writing. One of the books that I I, I've enjoyed the most as a younger person. I read a lot of literature. Uh, I won't mention my favorite artist, so I can leave this country okay. My favorite writer. But one of the books I enjoyed reading the most as a younger person, I, I mean, I like reading literature. I really read it before I got into secondary school, was Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born. Chris right? Now, do you know that book is historical, even though it has fiction? Where Chris was writing that book, he was writing about the political situation in the country. He is not writing to you now because the question has changed. But he's writing for you to make references. to. Are you following my point? It's not to you. In his mind, I don't think he foresaw a Ghana today. He could not have. He's not God. Did you get my point. That is the same way your Bible was written. The writer of the epistles did not, there was no acra when he was writing. Let me make it a bit more serious. There was no English language. He didn't think about if you if you saw told Paul and said, you know something? Uh I will be going to Spain. I will talk to you from there. he look at you. He's in terms of lesbian. that And so. <laughs> take horror over you away now. Talk to me from Spain. And I'm in Jerusalem. Now, when I say that to you, you say, oh, no problem. Let me go. Paul would have said, "No, what? Are you also possessed? <laughs> he did not have the sage mobile phone. Not even a car. Petrol. Not a house like this. They didn't have it. It's not, it could, you can't find it in their letters because it was not in existence. That's how you know he wasn't writing to you. He was writing for you, but not So, if you interpret the Bible with the lenses of modernity, you might misinterpret everything. Modern times, the Bible very clearly is with contents that are not as modern as you think. So he didn't write to you. So because he didn't write to you, let's think like Paul. Now I said you should open the book of Acts, right? That's how we start right good now. Acts of the apostles, Acts 1, the very first reference of Peter. Acts 1. I'm, not, I'm going to move as fast as possible because of our time. Acts 1 and 16. The mouth of David concerning Judas. That's the Old Testament. Acts one twenty, The book of Psalms. That's the Old Testament, right? Right? There is no reference to 1st and 2nd Peter. Acts 2. The mouth of, spoken by the prophet Joel, Acts 2.16. That's the prophet okay? Uh-huh. Acts 2.21. And 25. For David speaks. That's the Psalms. They refers to the Psalms, 1 Samuel. First, uh, Psalms, 1 Samuel. Acts 3, verse 18. The mouth of all his prophets. Acts 3.18. 18. The mouth of all his prophets. Acts 3, 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All these re- what reference now? Old Testament. Acts 3, again. For Moses, verse 22. Moses. Acts 3, 21. Holy prophets. Acts, 324, prophet from Samuel. Acts 325, Abraham, that's Genesis. Acts 4, and verse 25. Who by the mouth of the servant David, that's Psalm 2. Now, the sermon of Stephen, Acts 6, he began from Abraham. Acts 6, 2. And he ended up with the book of Galatians. No. The events of the four Gospels. Verse 52. Acts, 6, 50, Acts 7, 52. Acts 8. When Philip was preaching to the Enoch, Acts 8, verse 35. Begin at that same scripture. Which scripture? Acts 8 and 32. Isaiah. Acts 10. Acts 10 and verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness. Old Testament. But a background. Verse 36. The word which God sent to Judah of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. I said published from Judea. You know, they talked about John the Baptist. Acts 10 37. That's the four gospels. Acts 13. Paul's sermons where he began from the uh from Moses, right? Children of Israel, Acts 13, 17, and ended up in the four gospels, verse 29. So you can go on and on and see that the night is that what they were teaching from was what? The old testament. Let's see just two more. Acts 17 and verse. Acts 17 and verse 2. He reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Out of the scriptures. That's the Old Testament books. Acts 18, verse 28, from the scriptures. From the scriptures. Acts 18, 24, mighty in scriptures. Acts 26, I won't click one of our time. Acts 26, Paul speaking to Pherson and Agrippa. Acts 26 and 27. Believest thou the prophets? Acts 28. Acts 28 and verse 23. Pastor and forstander Jesus both out of the law of Moses, the prophets, from morning till evening. So, Paul's teaching ministry was from what? The epistles or the Old Testament? Including the four gospels. So his audience, what were they reading? The Old, Testament. the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is the context of the epistles and the four gospel events, right? And also the book of Acts. Acts. So it's in that light that we read the epistles. Now, let me conclude on something else. I will take it up in the afternoon. When he said, I pray for you now, all the epistles, Romans, 1st Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st Thessalonians, and 2nd Thessalonians, were they written to individuals or a people? A people. Huh? A people. So what are the personal letters? Philemon? But Philemon was about Philemon and Onesimus and the church, right? Okay, The Pastor Letters, Titus, yes, Timothy, yes, Timothy, were they about them or people? Yes. People, they are pastors and leaders. Good. Hebrews? People, right? Yes. First the second Peter?
1: People.
0: people. Jude? People. James? People. First John?
1: People.
0: Second John was to elect lady and her children, the church, People. people. 3rd John, Gaius in the church. So which means that the context of the epistles is not to individuals. It's to who? People. People. So now, let me now read the text and we'll we, we, we leave it up like that. Learn something? Yes, Look at Colossians 1. You know, where Paul says, I pray for you. Then it says again, the glory of the inheritance in the saints. That's the prayer we read there. Let me show you Colossians 1. Colossians 1 so, Colossians 1 is writing to who? Persons or people? A person or people? People. Now, if I'm talking here now, and I'm, I'm talking to you, as I'm talking to you right now, you know, I can be talking to Pastor Kyle and say, um, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Then he knows that I'll be talking to him. But if I'm not speaking from this person, so guys, I'll see you later. I use the same word, but if you personalize that word, you're getting it wrong. I will say I will see the So look at Colossians one. So Colossians writing writing to how many people? The whole church. All right. Twenty seven. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Individual or collective. Now look at that you across the epistles. Look at that you. Throw it across the epistles. The you will be collected. Right? Okay, we'll
1: take it off from Tom. morning. Yeah.